Hi, welcome to Upgrade Your Faith. I'm Brother Luke, and this is one of our bite-sized Bible studies. If you haven't been here before, our goal is to spend a few minutes together in God's Word while to activate our minds, touch our hearts, and start to transform our souls. Uh, this is our bite-sized Bible study for Monday of Holy Week, which, to be honest with you, whether you're in quarantine or not, I don't really care. This is one of my favorite weeks of the entire year because every day there is a beautiful opportunity for us to journey with Christ through his final week before the crucifixion, learn so much, reflect on so much. And in this one week, I feel though his whole life is this beautiful, beautiful example of power and love and self-control, just this final week of his life, he shines in so many different ways. And in this final week of his life, he, he, just, he just shows you why he's the Savior and why you want him to be your Lord. And so um, I've always loved this week. I, I will miss greatly that we don't get to celebrate it with our church family and that we get to do a lot of the activities um, that are planned. But you know what? He is the light in the midst of the darkness. That's what he's always been. And even in the midst of this darkness, his light will shine just as bright, bright as it always has. We're going to start off this week by looking at uh, the triumphal entry, Palm Sunday. And so if you have your Bibles and want to follow along, we're going to be looking at Luke 19. Um, the reality is you can find this, this story in all four of the Gospels. So you can find it in Matthew 21, Mark 11, John 12, and then of course we're at Luke 19. Um, so let's jump in. Let's jump in. It says, When he had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem, and it came to pass that when he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany, at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, and whereas you enter you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you why are you loosing it, thus you shall say to them, Because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owners of it said to them, Why are you loosing the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. Then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if this should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Now, as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you, and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another, because you did not know the time of your visitation. And so, brothers and sisters, there's, there's a lot of beauty that's happening here there's so much going on but all of it kind of shows the complexity of Jesus's ministry it shows the complexity of how his character just impacted so many people in different ways and so what you have happen here is this this collision of all the forces at one time so you have his devoted disciples and people who realize he's the Messiah yet their vision of a Messiah is so small in comparison to God's vision of Messiah. They're still thinking about a military king. They're still thinking about a government leader. 
And so these people think a revolution is about to begin. Then you have others who are there simply for the show. They've just watched this man raise Lazarus from the dead, the, the greatest miracle of Jesus' life. They've watched him do things that are incredible. And so they are just jumping in with what they see the crowd doing. And then you even have the enemies on the other side. You have the Pharisees showing up. And despite all the miracles that Jesus has shown, their hearts just keep hardening and hardening and hardening to now they're, they're ready to kill this man. And in this, this whole festival, these people from Bethany and Bethpage coming to celebrate and the people from Jerusalem coming to meet them, and they're, they're laying their clothes on the ground. They're laying palm branches down. They're shredding Hosanna. They're quoting scripture that talks about him and the king. All of this represents the people's acknowledgement as Jesus is king. He's the Messiah. He is the one that the scriptures have been pointing to. And for the Pharisees, this is a nightmare. This is a strike to their authority. They're concerned about having peace with the Romans. Uh, everything is bad about this. And so I love that part where the Pharisees look at Jesus and say, rebuke them, teacher. And he says, even if they were quiet, the stones would cry out. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful sentiment. Because whether everybody's heart was right or not on this moment, what we can't help but be caught up in is the beautiful rejoicing at Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace, our, our Savior, our God. It's one of these beautiful stories that just reminds you, like, that's what we should be doing all the time. That's what we should be doing every day in word and in action and in our hearts, is we should be rejoicing the Lord. We should be proclaiming Him as King. And we should be yelling at him, Hosanna, which means save us, save us now. And so it's just a, it's, it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story that reminds us of, of what it is we're called to do, which is to bring glory to God. Now, a lot of times we, we focus, and even, even me, right? We focus on how to bring glory to God. And we talk about love God, love people, follow Jesus, right? But the reality is, our ultimate focus is to bring glory to God, and that's what you see happening here. At the end, you get this little taste from Jesus of, of, of bittersweetness. Because Jesus, Jesus is smart, Jesus is wise, and he knows that not everybody worshiping there really understands. Um, many are worshiping because it's what everybody else is doing. Many are worshiping because they think they're, they, they want what Jesus potentially could offer them. And so Jesus even kind of talks about Jerusalem and the things that are going to come their way and how, oh, you think I'm coming for a military kingdom, but no, no, I'm coming for much more. But what I also love about this story is, is besides the rejoicing, and yes, there's this bittersweetness, especially as we, we see what happens at the end of the week, that some of these very same people who are cheering him now uh, will be calling to crucify him later. But one of the things I love about this story, besides just seeing people rejoice, is I love that these people rejoiced when they had no idea how big the promise and the gift that God was going to give us was. Right? These people are praising him as the Messiah and these people are, are worshiping him when they thought all he was going to do was build an earthly kingdom and an earthly military. Can you imagine what the reaction would have been? Can you imagine what the re reaction would have been had, had they truly understood and they truly understood that this guy was coming not to, to build a kingdom here on earth, but that he was coming to defeat death, that he was coming to wipe away sin, 
that he was coming to establish a kingdom that wouldn't simply reign for 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 years. No, he was going to set up a kingdom that would last for eternity. Can you imagine the way they would have worshipped had they truly understood the gift which he was giving them? Last thing I want to leave you with is this story reminds me of what we have to look forward to. It's a glimpse. It's a foreshadowing. Imperfect as it is. Imperfect as it is in that there's so many broken things still happening. It is a beautiful reflection of what will happen to us in the future. In Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 it says this. After these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number. Of all nations, tribes, peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice saying salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. What I love about this is that you and I weren't there for this triumphal entry. We weren't there for the very first Palm Sunday but we will be there for this one. We will be there when we are seated before the throne We'll be seated before the throne with Jesus at the right hand of God, and we will get to participate in the perfect Palm Sunday. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. I hope you have a great week. I hope despite all the craziness in the world that you do not let any of it stop your soul from rejoicing in the Lord, because he deserves all of it. Thanks for being with us. God bless you, and we'll see you soon. Bye.